This week, I'm joined by PR expert Jim James. He's the founder of East West PR and also the host of the very successful Unnoticed podcast. We're going to be talking about how to unlock the value in your business through effective communication. And he's going to be talking about how to use his speak methodology to do just that, how to storify, how to personalize, how to engage, how to amplify, and how to know your audience in order to deliver higher levels of value and make your company a bigger success as a result. So the question is this, how do entrepreneurs like us who don't have an endless supply of cash, how do we leverage the best apps, virtual assistants, automation tools and systems to scale our businesses, increase our profits and have more time to do what we love to do each day? That is the question and this podcast will give you the answer. My name is Dr. Steve Day and this is Systemize Your Success. Hi, Jim. Thank you so much for coming out and chat with me today. Um, just Give us a three-minute intro to who you are, how you help people. Steve, thanks so much for having me. I'm a big fan of the show. And also, having worked with you, know just how impactful you are when you help companies to outsource their systems or build and outsource. So I'm an entrepreneur, and I have been for 30 years now. I've built eight businesses on three continents. I'm really the champion of the unnoticed. So what I love to do is I love to help business owners to express the full value of their business through public relations, through really a focus on content, consistency, and channels. Fantastic. Okay. I think, well, I I know this is going to be a fantastic episode. It's one I've been looking forward to since we first spoke probably a couple of months ago now. And because what you do is so massively relevant to to every well, to my business, but all small businesses, getting yourself out there and letting people know what you do as a business is probably one of the things I think that we, generally speaking, probably yourself excluded from this, but generally speaking, as business owners do do pretty poorly. Um, like for my for myself, for example, just try to give some context about what we're going to talk about. You know, I'm a creator by heart. I love solving problems. I love creating solutions and um, providing things that make people's lives easier. But what I'm not natural at is actually then selling that stuff and getting it out and helping people. Because if we're not selling or promoting what we do, then then no one gets to benefit. So what would your advice be for, for myself or, you know, a typical business owner who's stuck in that, that role of just basically keeping on creating, but never actually getting themselves into the world? How, how, what are the first steps we should be taking? Well, Steve, I think you're right that, um, most people start a business because they found a problem to solve. Communicating that wasn't part of the original business plan, right? So people like you are great at solving problems. And it's almost the definition of being an entrepreneur, isn't it? And then how you get the value in your business unlocked through sharing that through effective communication is really a huge problem. So I think really it comes down to content really to start with. So I think that we uh, create great information. And what most entrepreneurs struggle with is how to create that as content so that not just one, but different audiences can, can, uh, can uh, sort of empathize with that content. So let me just tell you what I, what I mean by that. So on the whole, we tend to create content um, that we understand and we recognize. And I've developed a program called Speak PR, which is Storify, Personalize, Engage, Amplify, and To Know. And within the Speak PR program, 
we talk about content within the context of storification. We're often, as business owners, explaining what we do and how we do it. And the storification part of the role that we need to play as communicators on behalf of our business is to understand what it means for our clients, but also for our partners and for our employees. So storification is moving away from how I'm solving the problem to how my customers and partners and employees are feeling about the problems that they're facing. Okay, so it's about taking the view from the other side. So what I mean by that is I'm I'm offering a PR service, for example, I help clients to get noticed, but actually people aren't looking to buy that service. What they're feeling is unnoticed. Okay, so that's why I've just published a book called The Unnoticed Entrepreneur, Stephen. It's all about helping people say, well, actually, it's great what I'm doing, but what I really need to do is I need to see what the person is coming to me for. So that's the first part with the storification is not what you're offering, but what is the problem the other person is trying to solve? So sometimes that's quite hard to do where we're doing that internally. So a really good way of doing that is to record yourself and play it back, right? And play it back. And actually what happens is then you realize, well, I'm just talking about myself uh, all the time, or as a company, that's what we do. So the second part of the... Can I, can I just stop you there, Jim? Yeah, yeah, of course. Just to get some clarification. So when you say record yourself, what, what, are, we, what are we recording when we're, when we're doing yeah. that? So our pitch, so you can either be on the video or in front of the mirror and you say, hi, my name is Steve. This is what I do. And what happens is you're going, that's, that's great, but then why am, I, why am I interested? Right? As opposed to, hi, what problems are you trying to solve? How do you feel when you come to my business? Are you feeling anxious? Are you feeling stressed? Are you feeling undervalued? Are you feeling um, that you need more staff? So when we record and play back, then we can start to get kind of an honest sense of how we're currently representing ourselves. Okay, So you can do that with a friend or a coach. So a large part of what an agency does is it listens to the client and then says, that's great from your perspective. But let me share with you, for example, what the journalist is going to be wanting to find out. They're going to know how does it impact their readers, for example. Okay, so the second part, really, Steve, is of the personalization is starting to think about who we're talking to. So, first of all, we're saying what problems are people facing? But the second part is, you know, who am I really addressing? And you, I think, I'm sure you're familiar with this idea of the avatar, right? Or the persona, right? So, so what we need to do as business owners is start to understand who, who is our customer, who is our potential employee, who's our partner, for example, because they're not just the one audience that we need to address. Because if we build a business, we're often doing it for clients, but we need to have staff or we need to have virtual assistants or we need to have partners. So personalization is about starting to ad- take the message that we've got and making it relevant to the individuals. And we can only do that if we know who the individuals are. So is it, you know, a a middle-aged business person who's just started a business? That's one set of problems that they've got to solve. If with your business, helping someone to outsource, if they've been in business for 20 years and never grown, they have a different set of issues than if they've just started a business. 
and haven't grown yet, right? So, so the message is going to be slightly different, right? What we offer may be the same, but what the person is seeking to solve is different. So personalization is about finding out who that person is, but also what we talk about is the customer journey. So step back, we think about our content, but we're thinking about what problems the other person is seeking to solve. We think about who they are. And then we need to think about where and when are they about to receive the message? You know, I've got kids. If, if I take the kids to school and someone rings me trying to sell me something, my mind is not, not on the job. I go, well, you have to ring me back, right? So what we often do is we often send information as a business when we're ready to send it, right? And actually, a big part of what we need to think about is when is the person ready to receive that information? So I'm, I'm sending out information about the book, for example, this week. And on the Zoho campaigns, I can elect to send the email by time zone. Okay. I can, I can choose to send it at nine o'clock when I'm ready, for example. I can also have it by the recipient's time zone. And I, I can also test the message by whether it's on mobile or on a big screen. So if we think about who, we're, who the avatar is and what place they're at with their day, that content needs to change, right? I need to send it when it's relevant. I need to send it in a format when it's, when it's relevant. Okay, so, and then the E for the engage is about creating engaging content. Now, what most companies do in the same way that most people do when, when you meet them socially, they tell you kind of a lot of detail about themselves and they may miss the glazing over of the eyes. And, you know, someone goes, yeah, well, that's interesting, this guy, you know, how do I get away? Oh, I've just seen a friend or I just go and get a drink from the bar, right? That old social cue we're not getting it when we're doing a lot of, for example, social media marketing. So engaging content really is about creating content that is new and interesting. So we talk about content being king, but the, the twist on this, Steve, now is context is queen. Okay, so we used to say that content is king and it ignored the context. And what we mean by that is, how does it embed itself into the, into the lives of the person receiving it? So a great example of this is the, um, uh, the Uncle Tom phenomenon, right? You remember the, the guy who did a wheel, you know, did his walk around his uh, compound to raise money for the NHS, right? Captain, oh, yeah. I actually, Tom. living in Sweden, I'm not being a huge digester of, of uh, news. I totally missed this until I think it was last week. Someone just mentioned it. Oh, you know, Uncle Tom, I have no idea what they're talking about, but I actually well, do know what you're talking about. So, yeah. Well, yeah. So there you go. So, uh, sorry, I call him Uncle Tom. Um, that's the Harriet Beecher Stowe book, isn't it? It's um, Captain Tom, Captain Tom. Uh, or Sir Captain. Anyway, the reason that went viral was because the content was context sensitive. In other words, he was doing something simple. He was raising money. He was raising it for something that everyone had empathy with, the NHS. And he was doing it at a time when everyone felt uh, an outpouring because of COVID. So when we talk about in- engagement with content, it's not just about creating content that you think is good for your company. It's about, is it going to land with the person who needs it in a way that's a thought already in their head? 
Okay. So we have this speak methodology of the storify. So, you know, what problem, where is our person at? And then the personalization is who are they in more detail with the avatar and what are they doing in their day? And then the engagement is about how are you creating content that they're going to be able to accept and engage with? Okay. So it's, and it's, it's called the cascade theory. If you're really interested by a guy called Watts and all about how we get people to share content that they will reshare. So Captain Tom is a great case study in that. And the final thing is amplification, which is, and I've got a map I can share with you, can share with people that are, are going to watch this, but amplification is about taking one piece of content and sending it across multiple channels. And if there's, if there's an easy free win for your listeners, Steve, it's to use amplification tools. Really, there is nothing better than the tool sets available to entrepreneurs like Buffer, like HubSpot, like Zoho, like Ask Edgar. There are lots of them are now available, some on free, some on freemium, some paid for models. But there really is something for everybody. And if you take one piece of content, you can hook it up to all of these different channels. And you can basically post once and it'll get distributed in real time or as a repeat or scheduled by these tools. So we talk about outsourcing, which I know is a big part of what you're helping people with. You can outsource the amplification to these platforms. With a PR firm, that's what clients pay me to do. They pay me to take a piece of information and get it into the media. But as a business owner, you can use your own owned channels, you know, whether it's YouTube, uh, Facebook, LinkedIn, Medium, Reddit, in China, Weixin, or uh, Yoku, TikTok. And you can hook these channels up, Steve. Click once, they all go out. The final part is the knowing, which is the metric. And I mentioned about a very simple metric that I like to use. It's called the Active Communications Index. And it's very simple. It's about how much content you create and how many channels you hook it up to and how consistent you are. Because it's, it's a common problem where people create content and they send it once. We see this often in smaller businesses where they haven't got a dedicated resource. And, and maybe when there's a product launch or there's an office opening or there's an acquisition, and there's a big flurry of activity. But after that, there's nothing. And it's the kind of the, the social equivalent of meeting someone and, you know, moving into a neighborhood and going, hi, I'm here. I've just moved in. And isn't it great? We're neighbors. And then never going and saying hello again and never, you know, just I just took some rhubarb to our new neighbors, for example. There are lots of touch points that you can have to build a relationship. So the active communications index is about creating a rhythm. In the same way you, for example, have a daily huddle, as I do with my team, we need that with our communication strategy as well. So <clears throat> the Speak PR program, really, it's a, it's a methodology that's online as well, is all about helping business owners to use some of the AI tools that are available, because you can have AI tools for content creation. You can have it for amplification. You can even have it for storification. It's amazing now what these tools will do for you. But it comes down to, first of all, putting your customer or your, your member of staff or your partner 
at the center of your story, not yourself. So if I can, I'll just finish with one anecdote, Steve, as an example. I think schools do this better than anybody. Schools do it better than anybody. So companies often talk about themselves and go like, I've just built this. Isn't it great? You know, this is me. This is what it, isn't it great? You should buy one. When you go to a school, as I did, my daughters uh, graduated from junior to senior school, and you go to school and the head, head teachers come up, they don't mention themselves at all. They say, your daughters have done brilliantly. Look at what they've done. Let's go and look at all their work. Let's go and celebrate their successes. They've been uh, proactive and they've been collaborative and they've achieved great academic success. And then you leave. The teachers never say, aren't we great? And yet as companies... It would be like going to the school and the headmistress saying, thanks for coming to the school. I've done a great job this year. Right. So I think from a mindset point of view, when I've done the coaching with with companies is to get them to think about who they serve rather than what they serve. And if you start from that perspective, Steve, it doesn't cost anything. It's just a bit of a mind shift. And then actually the public relations becomes really good fun. So it's kind of a long-winded answer, but I ha- there's a methodology to that, as you have for yours. And if, if people apply that mindset and go through that flow, then they'll get noticed for what they do. That's fantastic. The speak, speak methodology, isn't it? Yeah, and it's very simple because obviously speak kind of resonates. Does that make sense, Steve? So this idea that we talk about others, and in doing so what happens is other people then start to, talk about what we do. And it's actually a very simple human condition, right? To serve others before yourself. And by doing that, then your business will become known because other people become your advocates just in the same way. That's what happens for Apple, for example, or Tesla are the big examples where actually people become evangelists for the brands because Apple doesn't really talk about itself as a developer conference. And then the developers go and talk about Apple. Yeah. No, I think that's an incredibly succinct collation, if that's the right word, of so many brilliant ideas for um, getting decent content out there on a regular basis. And I think that I really like the way you just basically put it together in quite a logical sequence as well. So really- well, thank you. I hope it sounded, sounded succinct, but it's a fairly simple uh, mindset, really. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I had a couple of things sprang to mind. I didn't want to sort of break up your flow, your train of thought, um, but a couple of things that um, I, well, actually, one one thing I'm, you mentioned was scheduling at the people's time zones, and something that I've I don't actually have not got statistics to say whether this works or not, but in um, the auto emailing app that I use called Active Campaign, you can actually use a predictive sending, which I, which I know other apps also yeah. have. And therefore, it'll match the regular opening click-through times of your clients. So you can actually, if because sending it at 9 a.m., whatever time zone you may actually not be right for some people. So some of the apps can actually help with a bit of AI technology, or albeit fairly rudimentary AI technology, can actually help you deliver content that actually gets opened more effectively. So other things you can do like that. So Absolutely. And uh, Zoho does the same thing yeah. where you can be sending it um, as email, but also if you use, for example, Zoho and these other platforms, when you schedule your post on, let's say, to Twitter and Pinterest and wherever, you can also smart queue it 
Yeah. Right. Probably so same thing. Yeah. Same thing. So yeah. really there is no better time to be an entrepreneur because when I started my first business in Singapore in, in 95, you know, when I flew out from England to start my first business um, and then went to China in 2008, these tools were not there, you know, as entrepreneurs, you had to work extremely hard uh, and you'd be staying up at night and then you'd be checking it. That's why now, Steve, being an entrepreneur is, is fantastic. It's such a leveler. Um, really. And also the other part about that is the the metrics about when things are opened is real time. So it used to be you scheduled it and you didn't necessarily know an accurate, you know, open rate and so on. But under this knowing the quantification, I have this very simple ACI because there are lots of vanity metrics about how much coverage and so on, but actually what matters is how much you put in. But the metrics on the other side as well are extremely powerful and very easy and in most cases, low cost, in some cases, free to use. Yeah. So getting your, your, your reporting now is, depending on what app you're using, if you're using anything half decent, you can get incredibly detailed reports um, on every, we used to use um, HubSpot, and you could even tell how long someone had spent reading an email, which I thought was fantastic. We don't have that in active campaign, but that was a real indication of, you know, if you give if you give someone a, a two page email, if it's a long you know long long form email, open rate, yeah, nothing because if they've only read the first sentence and then ditched it, then what's the point? But if you've got like a twelve minute read time, you're thinking, wow, this person's really engaged. They you know they like what they read, and I think that I think, those sorts of metrics are super useful. I thought, and I think that what one has to also bear in mind is that these are available, but most business owners haven't necessarily got the time, or the skill sets, or the interest to to dig that deep, right? So I think that one of the ways also of looking at, I know what you're doing is helping to outsource. I think one aspect of that whole metrics is that using tools like Zoho, for example, or, or HubSpot is quite expensive. It's a big machine really, um, is they pretty much all have collaborative team platforms. Or what one can do is through LastPass, which you kind of introduced me to, share with your virtual assistant the logins. So I think one of the key... Oh, just things- on that note, because it is such a such a, an issue for security, I would never recommend sharing your CRM passwords via LastPass. Oh, no, but you share it. No, it's invisible. No, it's but- not. Unfortunately, it's not. So there's two, two things with LastPass. So firstly... Sorry to just butt in. But just, no, no, go ahead. But I, I share it with the, with the password yeah, yeah. not visible. So, so with LastPass and with any password sharing app, when you send a password using that tool, it masks or uh, encrypts the password when you're sending it to the user. The user then fills a web form using that password. And the minute it's put into that web form, it's no longer encrypted. And to test this, do this with Google. And then just click the show password next to the where you put in your Google password and it'll come up with the password. So sharing via LastPass is a tool of convenience and it makes the act of sharing across the net very secure. But the person on the receiving end can still have the potential to view that if they know what they're doing or they're logging into any app which, which has the ability to say, show passwords. That's the first oh, thing. No, that's good good tip. Yeah, because it says I've I've elected the Invisible. They don't really talk about this a lot. I'm not sure why, because it is a major security 
Yeah. Not, as long as you're aware of it, it's fine. So if we ever share passwords, tell this a bit of a digression, but just while we're on it, if we ever share passwords, like for example, my Facebook account, um, my profile for someone to post on my profile, they have to be logged in as me. I can't add them as a no, user, that's right. the personal. So every time that a person who has had access to my Facebook account leaves my company, the password gets reset. So we have a list of all the passwords which we share, which are, have any sensitive information in. And therefore, we change all of those passwords as soon as somebody leaves, if they've had access to it. Okay. And the second thing just to note is if we're talking about email clients, then we're talking about sensitive information of our clients. So it could just be email addresses and phone numbers and names, but that's still classed as, uh, as um, private under GDPR. So if you share your login details, your own login details with somebody else, then you're giving them access. You don't know, you don't know who has accessed that data. So if there's a breach. You can't go back and say, oh, it's person X, and therefore we can fix that problem. So, and also just giving access to, say, your CRM or your email automation, if you give them root access, the admin access, they could, in effect, steal your data, delete your data, trash everything by mistake. You know, there's lots of things. So I always advocate, if you can, if you use users or think about moving to a platform where you can, if you're going to share any client information. But, yeah. well, that, that's very sage advice. Yeah, we've, um, where possible, we create a new user yeah. for that virtual assistant. Um, but as you know, for example, with LinkedIn or Facebook, um, but it, what has happened now is that you've got the authorization with the uh, SFA, the second uh, factor authentication, exactly. right? Yeah. Um, so that when they're about to log in, I have to approve it. Exactly. Um, so there are some ways to secure that. Yeah. Um, but on something, for example, like the metrics of your marketing, which are non, like non-commercially sensitive, using a virtual assistant to be able to track that for you is, I think, a really useful way as a business owner to, to then you know, engage in full-scale marketing without investing time that should be spent on either cash flow issues or product development or customer service. I mean, we all have this suite, really, don't we, of, of activities that we have to manage. But and often marketing, because it takes away from the core and the short-term focus on sales, gets left behind. I can so, hold my, hold my yeah. hands up to this, you know, yes. and, and I'm slightly embarrassed to say so after being running a business for, yeah. for the last past four or five years. But this is one of the things that this is why I was so interested in speaking to you, because it is the one area, it's the, the only area in which I can put, put focus into and therefore increase the size of the business and therefore help more people. And it's the one area because of, as I was saying at the beginning of this interview, the nature of who I am. It's not the thing that I wake up in the morning and think about first because I want to fix the next problem. And so I think, you know, it's so, so many people listening to this will, will resonate with that, I think. Well, I think, well, I think that, you know, you're not alone and, uh, and it's crack is no shame. I think that what, what happens having, you know, run a number of businesses over different continents and different uh, sort of areas of, of business is that a recurring theme is a business gets to a certain stage or a certain size where our own personality and our own ability to manage all of the people doing work becomes a bottleneck, right? And so it's only relevant if you decide you want to grow your business over and beyond 
your ability to connect socially and to bring in business as a function of what you know how to do, right? So the reason why we need to look at something like Speak PR as a program or uh, some kind of activity is, is to go beyond that sort of one normally million pound or 10 to 20 people range. When we want to go to that next level and companies, as we know, have a pyramid, right? There's very few at the top and there's a lot in the middle and even more at the sort of one to 10 people range. To get beyond that, we have to build a brand and a funnel that's that's consistent. And that can only be done by communicating consistently. And I was talking to a couple of German, actually, uh, entrepreneurs, because I have this podcast, The Unnoticed Entrepreneur. So I interview entrepreneurs on how they get noticed. And they both said something which I thought was very interesting was about the need for trust. And that the chief bottleneck in their business growing has been people didn't trust their brand because they'd never heard of it. So here you've got some very smart people doing some very clever things in AI, transformative. But when they went to companies like Siemens and HSBC and said, I can do this, no one, no one wanted to take the risk. So the reason that we need to have a brand which is consistent over time is because that's what builds trust. Just in the same way as by and large, we build friendships with people over time and not overnight. A business needs to do the same thing, right? So it, it really is a very simple uh, in, in that sense. Steve, people buy people at the end of the day. And if they don't buy the person, they buy the brand. And that brand only becomes trustworthy if it's consistent over time, really. And, and so that's what business owners can accomplish with, a, you know, not a wholesale change in behavior. And for example, for people like yourself, using something like the Active Communications Index a bit like going to the gym and saying, well, I work out a lot sometimes and then don't work out, you know, consistently. We often have a personal trainer who doesn't do anything that we don't know how to do, but just keeps us to the rhythm, right? Yeah, I've got a personal trainer for this very reason. So, yeah. <laughs> Most people have got a coach of some kind really for accountability. Yeah. And, and I think that's, that is uh, something that, for example, this idea of this active communications index, if you, if you look at how much content you're creating one week, how many channels you've got, which you don't need to change, and how often you send out that content, if your number is fluctuating wildly, a bit like if you keep track when you're training for a marathon, for example, like I did, every day I'd write down how many miles I had to do, and then you know, in advance, then I had to track how many miles I'd actually done you can see that you're doing enough or not enough work. And that creates uh, uh, really an impetus for changing one's behavior. And so can I, the other- can I pick up one? Yeah. Sorry, don't want to It's really interesting what you just said. So the consistency in what you're talking about, is consistency more important than volume? The fluctuating yes. volume. So I guess just to, I'm thinking about, we actually, I should probably post now less than I used to because I now have other people that are generally taking over that for me. But what is happening now, because it's not all on my head to remember to do it every day or every week, is that it goes out consistently. Yeah. So 
so one of the parts of the ACI is that it it drops down into a uh, a two by two matrix, and remember I mentioned under engage about the need to create engaging content. So on this uh, this quadrant at the top we have innovative for being innovative content. Okay, if you so if you think at twelve o'clock if you like, and then at, I have to look at my watch, and then at three o'clock just because I'm trying to remember where the numbers are. I know we're all digital. At three o'clock, you have consistency. And then at, at uh, six o'clock, you have dull for dull content. And at nine o'clock, you have for inconsistent. Okay. Now, what happens is that if you send out dull content inconsistently, you're what I call an, an unnoticed entrepreneur. Right, because that would be your bottom left. Bottom left, exactly. Right. Bottom left. So dull content from time to time. If you're sending out content occasionally that is quite interesting, you're what I would call an opportunist. So you just launch something, you go, oh, I'm going to send that out, or someone's posted something and I can respond to that. Okay, so you're doing it. And when people get it, they go, well, that, that was a good thing. Oh, I like that. And you might get a lot of a lot of followers or a lot of likes, a lot of shares. And then in the top left, we have people that are sending out dull content consistently, right? And I call those people followers. So they've got a marketing manager somewhere who's slaving away without really any inspiration, but every Wednesday they're sending something out. The key is to be consistent. It doesn't have to be frequent, but to be consistent with innovative content. Because what people want to do is to receive something that adds value to them. Receiving information because you want to send it isn't really the point. Okay. So if you send out something on a consistent basis that's innovative, that's great. It could be weekly, monthly. If you think about books, for example, the latest Tom Clancy or an album from uh, your favorite artist, to, I go back to Police, for example, because that show my age. People still went to buy it because they consistently produced albums that were brilliant. Lots of people produced a one-off wonder, a one, one song that was great but never came up again. They're opportunists, right? So, so the answer, Steve, is to produce dull content regularly is not a great strategy because it's a waste of money. You're better off to send out something innovative consistently but not infrequently. Does that make sense? So to send out something that's really interesting, but every now and again isn't use isn't useful. So for example, people say, I'm going to do a, I'm going to do a Facebook live. And people have got into Clubhouse where they go, oh, I'm going Clubhouse. But they weren't there last week on Wednesday at two o'clock. And they're not going to be there on Wednesday at two o'clock next week either. People love a routine, right? So if you're going to create content, Yes, whatever schedule works for you, for the cadence that you've got, you've got you know, a book author or a, a rock band, or you've got a TV production crew or, or your own business. So what should it be? What's, your, what's the right cadence for you? There is no right or wrong to that. But make it innovative. And the way to do that, this is solving what most clients have. And when I do the mastermind, I say, but I don't know what to say. And I say, well, what do you want to talk about? I say, well, I already talked about when I did this. I already talked about when I launched this product. I said, but 
did you talk about what your customers are doing with it? Oh, no, I haven't done that. I haven't asked them. Or did you talk about the change that happened in your client's life once they'd been your client? Oh, no, I, I lost track of them. Right? So we, we lose track of the stories that we have created by our engagement with our customers or our partners or our staff. So if you then start thinking about all the companies, Steve, that I know you have impacted with your systems outsourcing business and the transformations that you've made in terms of hours saved, money, and then you've got the people in the Philippines who have got livelihoods because of what you've done, right? And then you've got partners that you've worked with who have changed because of what you've done. Can you see how the story is actually not about you? They're about the impact you've had. And then there's never-ending amount of interesting information. And the reason it's interesting is because you are creating content that your potential customers want to read about people like them in a similar story and how you've helped them. Okay, so the storification, the reason we do that is because there will be other people, other entrepreneurs who are struggling with I grow the business, I just spend more time on it, right? There are other people going, well, I don't think this is, I'm, I'm the only person, I can't take a holiday, my wife complains, you know. We've all, we've all been there. So we want them to read about other people like them that have had a change for good because of what you've done. Does that make sense? And that's really this whole sort of social proof. So what I tend to find with clients is that it's really liberating. Because actually, Steve, if you're shy, you don't want to talk about yourself. So that sometimes becomes the bottleneck. But knowing what a generous and giving person you are, if I said, Steve, just make a list of 10 people that you've impacted and can we talk to them about what you've done? You'd be like, oh, there's this person, this person's been able to do this, this person sold the world because of you'll have those, right? Right? You're, I'm sure you've got those, Steve. Yeah, so, yeah, yeah. Countless so, them, so, yeah. So then it becomes transformative, you yeah. see, which is why if you look on, websites now, a big part of what companies are missing is the reviews. So another easy win for your clients is to have a, a review on their website. Now, you can use, for example, Google Business. People can leave a review. You have some that you're paid for, like Trustpilot. Um, there are more and more of the FIFO, and many are free to use. Certainly, Google My Business is free to use. And it's an amazing statistic. It's something ridiculous, like 70% of all purchases around Google on the, you know, when you do Google My Business are impacted by the reviews because actually I don't want to take a risk. I want to see that if I'm going to take my dog to the grooming parlor, I don't want to be the first, right? And if someone's going to come to you, Steve, and outsource their business, they don't want to be the first. So in the same way, those two chaps in Germany are saying, they can't get people to be the first. For many businesses, that's the core, core bottleneck as they try and expand. So, so does that make sense? So if you liberate yourself by not talking about yourself, but talking about who, who you've impacted, actually, it, for me anyway, that becomes lovely because you're just hearing all these great stories, right, of, of people that have gone on to great things. Can I just touch on this? Yeah. Does that help? Is that, sorry, I'm sort of going on a bit there, but. No, ma massively helpful and, and right. very, very relevant. And I'll tell you the truth. I have more case studies recorded, interviews with my success. There we go. That I've never published. 
because <laughs> I feel like it's interesting you're saying about like I'd rather almost talk about myself because I feel like if I talk about other people too much, it's like I'm, I don't know, like um, bigging myself up. If I, you know, it's such a strange mindset. I'm sharing this because I think other people, if I think it, other people must. Yeah. Think it. But I literally had a, had a, a chat with one of my uh, elite coaching clients this uh, last week, sorry. And he basically opened up the, the meeting by saying, um, I've just been away for 18 days for the first time in my career and didn't check in with my team. And I came back to a business that was running smoothly. And that, that's down thanks to you. Yeah. And I was just like, I was in almost in tears. Man, I'm, I'm getting, I'm getting, uh, you know, and I've never shared that. Well, I'm glad you shared it here. And for anyone listening, um, yeah, I, but that's, they should know that. But so, that, so, so he's you know, that particular client. I know would if I asked him to do an interview on that particular thing, we could do it. So we could do sort of a live. But if we, if you didn't have the opportunity, so say if it was an old client that say maybe you heard a story or they shared something with you, does it matter? Do you think if you write it as a a case study or as a scenario, or if it's done as a sort of a live say interview or if it's posted on their, you know, them, just them posting. Do you think one of those or has more weight or more yeah, value to it than the others? Is there one we should aim to get if we can? Well, I think that, you know, the, the answer is it's about amplification, isn't it really, Steve? I think you want all of the above, okay. you know, and, and so I've, um, I've asked a client who I work with in Asia for 12 years uh, to, you know, create a to make a video of, uh, his work with us. And I, I tell you, the hard thing was, first of all, when I said to him, well, if I, first of all, I was like, what if I ask him to do it? He says, well, frankly, I thought you were pretty rubbish. <laughs> Let's face it. The social condition is to be afraid of the rejection, right? We're, we're sure we did a good job. We invoiced, we got paid, but we're thinking, Maybe, maybe they weren't as happy as I thought I was. And I got paid and there's a new client coming in. So do I want to ask the question, right? And anyway, so I asked this uh, chap called Michael Costigan and he goes, mate, he said, I'd love to. We worked, you know, transform my business. And he worked for a large multinational and, and I implemented the Speak PR program across Asia uh, for them. And all that wasn't called that at the time, uh, but really what I've done is taken the way that I've worked as an agency on clients for many years and, made it into sort of, a, if you like, a, an external facing service. Yeah. And, he, and he's created this wonderful video. Now I've got it on my Vimeo. And then just the other day we were pitching for a client out of Hong Kong and they've written saying, can we have a testimonial? And uh, I sent them the link to the Vimeo, you know. So I think that you can, I haven't done that yet, but we can embed that on our website, but it's in my Vimeo. So I think, I would say let's not be too British about it Yeah, uh, would be one thing. And the Americans are always good at saying, and I hope I'm not setting anybody here, but I think the Americans are always very upfront about saying what they're good at, often in advance of demonstrating that they're good at it. Uh, and somehow that self-belief translates often into the results, right? But I would encourage you and your clients, uh, sorry, well, your clients, uh, Systems Outsource, uh, is to – Reach out to people. Well, the and the other thing, you mean. yeah, listeners, and and I also think that we can do that on LinkedIn. You know, one of the things that I've started to do, I haven't done enough of, is the endorse me on LinkedIn. Yeah, 
I have 8,000 connections. You know, I've been working for clients I've, over 25 years. I've served over 600 clients. Uh, and I've always been too shy to say, what did you think? Can you endorse me? But the minute you say, can you endorse me? We go, of course, I'd love to. But as business owners, the way of looking at this perhaps is that this isn't about validating, you know, you and me. It's about if we create a service, product or service, that's of so much value to our clients, why on earth would we not want to impact more people with that? You know, Steve, that you can have more people have more time and less stress, don't you? Yeah. And retain profit. Yeah. So why would you not want other people to know that, right? So if one thinks about it in terms of actually I can help more people to have better lives rather than I'm, I'm, I'm talking about myself, if we have a different mindset, then it becomes quite a, a natural extension to want as many people as possible to say that about us, right, and to share it. Yeah, I read a really interesting quote, and forgive me, I can't remember who it's by, but it's something along the lines of, if you genuinely believe you add value to the world, then it's not only, well, it's your duty to share it. Because if if not, then it's you're, it's almost selfish. Because if you can change and help people's lives by improving them, then holding it back is is actually doing them an injustice. So exactly. So, yeah. so if you think about how many, I mean, if you think about how many marriages you could save, or how many lives you can transform through helping people to outsource, then surely you'd want to share that with as many people as you can. And the other point that we didn't touch on was the media interest in case studies. So media always ask for case studies more than product information because it's how we solve the problem is what's interesting, not what did we sell. Because the readers of that magazine or podcast or whatever TV program are looking for solutions. They're not looking for a product to buy. They're looking for someone like them has solved the same kind of problem in this, in this way. So if you have a case study of how someone has done outsourcing, you'll find a magazine like entrepreneur.com would love that story because it's, it's a story about actually your client, right? It's a story about an entrepreneur. You just happen to be the facilitator of that, Steve. So if you can get those with pictures and uh, testimonial with a bit of what we call top and tailing, bit of context, few statistics, then you've got an oven-ready pie for the media to publish. Fantastic advice, Jim, end-to-end. -end. Um, I wish I could keep talking to you for hours because... I'm getting massive value from this, so I'm sure. Well, thank you. I hope anyone so. listening would as well. But unfortunately, we're going to have to draw it to a close. Yeah, but yeah, know, it has genuinely, genuinely been one of uh, my favourite interviews so far. Not listening any other interview I've ever done, but um, yeah, it's been really relevant and very topical for me at the moment because this is one of the areas I'm really trying to focus on at the moment to get right. Because I think that you know, I I've spoken to many of my clients who are in similar situations to me is. We exactly what you just said, but we do all this stuff. We put our hearts and soul into something. We change people's lives. They tell us about it even. You know, I'm actually quite good at asking people, but yet I don't share that. And well, I think that, and, 
And that's really what this whole the unnoticed entrepreneur book, which is now available on you know Amazon and Barnes and Noble. I've interviewed well actually three hundred and forty people on my podcast, but I've taken fifty to start with. And uh, in there, Steve, are tips and tools and advice and some case studies for people like you to to see how easy it can be without feeling self-confident and embarrassed that you're somehow promoting yourself. And ultimately, of course, as a business owner, you do owe it to your clients and future clients to promote what you do. Because if you believe in what you do, you you owe it to other people to have the benefit of your service. And having worked with you, Steve, I know that's absolutely true. People need what you offer. So don't hide that uh, bushel under a under a I'll say that again don't hide that fire under a bushel <laughs> incredibly kind of you to say thank you very much all right Jim uh, thank you it's been a pleasure I, I do have a couple of questions I always like like to ask people at the end just to put you on the spot if you don't mind um you've mentioned uh, some apps AI apps mentioned for example or any other you mentioned a few other CRM type apps as well but if you had to pick three of the best apps that you've used, or it could be browser plugins, could be, you know, whatever sort of technology-based things that you've used to help you, what, yeah. what would they be? Yeah, I'll happily help you with that. So um, I think I'm going to share with you around content creation because that's the bottleneck for most entrepreneurs. Yeah. And that's the bit that's hard to outsource. <clears throat> the first one I'd recommend is one called Descript descript.com um and i can send you a link to that yeah, descript all enables, everything in the in the show notes yeah. yeah and descript enables you to make content extremely quickly as video and text and audio you can do a screen capture and you can screen capture and camera capture simultaneously and it will automatically tra- transcribe your content for you and then you edit the writing. And by editing the writing, you edit the audio and the video simultaneously. Now, what's is, sorry, sorry, is this the app which allows you to then, you've got to probably shouldn't say this, but I'm getting excited as I do about technology. You can then, once it learns your voice, you can then type in and it'll fill in the gaps. It's called an overdub. That's it. This I is, will give I, you what I watched a Pat Flynn uh, video on this. Like, yeah, I've got that. And I'll give you an affiliate link. Um, because uh, anyone listening to this, check this out. It's, I tell you what, I've not got it yet, but it's on my, it's on my wish list. And it's, uh, I think I pay 28 or $30 a month. That's now become my hero platform because it's replaced GarageBand, iMovie, Adobe Pro, because you can take a screenshot. Can I, can I, can I just put this in context for anyone listening to this? Because the power of this is, and I'm so glad you reminded me about this because I listened to it when I was on holiday two weeks ago, uh, this, this Pat Flynn uh, YouTube video, and I forgot all about it. Yeah. It just reminded me because I'm really, that's why I got so excited. Yeah, it's, um, it so, is exciting stuff. So, so this interview right now, for example, I'm recording this on Zoom. So we have a video, we have audio. Those things, um, when, when I send this to the podcast agency, they're going to edit the audio. So they edit the audio and I'm left with a raw video. So I've then got to get my, my assistant to then match up what edits there were in the audio with the video. So it's doubling the work, which is an absolute pain. So this app, from what you're describing, gets around that problem. Perhaps I can share with you, Steve. Yeah, yeah. My workflow is I record 
zoom onto my desktop, you know, onto the computer, because then I get two tracks of audio. If you record to the cloud, you get one. Yeah. I then drag and drop the video and the two tracks of audio into Descript. I then allow the software to uh, auto-level the audio and then also to create transcripts. And then I create what's called a composition from the three files. And it puts the speaker labels, right? So I've got the video on the top and I've got the dialogue back and forth. I then use one of the tools, which is to remove all the filler gaps. Anything more than 51 seconds, I reduce to 50 seconds. So I can save about four or five minutes with that. And then I can remove, auto-remove filler words and repeated words. That combined process, which when I was doing on Hindenburg would take me about an hour, takes no more than 10 minutes. Then I can edit the text and it edits the audio and the video concurrently. Right? It leaves the master files intact, right? So you're editing iterations of it. Then when I finish that, I can actually cut and paste text into clips to make my audiogram. And I can export that to YouTube as a video, Buzzsprout, Video Ask, and about eight or nine other different outputs. And I can also output that as an audio file. I can output the text as just a document file or as an SRT file. So within my podcast, which is a 20-minute recording, in about an hour, I can create an audio and video and transcript in less than 60 minutes for a 20-minute podcast. So that's a hero. I would say that's the hero platform because most people struggle with content creation and they, and they worry about the cost. The second is, um, uh, I would say, Lumen5. And Lumen5, have you heard of that one? No, never. Lumen5 is beautiful because, again, you can use for free, uh, but you can upgrade to remove the logo at the end and to have your own branding. Again, $38 a month. It uses AI to auto-create videos for you. So you can uh, create a storyboard, right? You, you can cut and paste a URL from your blog into Lumen5, and it will automatically find pictures that match the keywords. And then you can allocate duration and so on. You can fine-tune it, and you can add music. And within five to six minutes, you can have a video made. Now, one of the chapters in the book is about Lumen being used for my sister's uh, videos. So my sister, Dr. Shelley James, she's a luminologist. And um, we had a, a conversation about how light is impacting children. And I said, we can explain this to people, right? This is really important stuff, especially during lockdown. So we came up with this idea of Luna, a character and some children and stuff like that. We went to storyboarding in the Philippines and we went to some studios and they said, $10,000 a minute to make this video, right? And I said, well, and they wanted the IP rights. I said, well, that's not right. Just so happens I love technology, right? So I sat down on Lumen5. I kid you not, we've made uh, these videos and guess how many viewings we've had on the first three videos. They're only a minute long. Um, Two million. Wow. So it cost us about $150 
And she got those videos sponsored by industry cut by industry players, right? And the cool thing about Lumen 5, which I use for client stuff, is you can duplicate and clone the same video. So we make the same video in English, Spanish, and German. So Lumen5.com out of Canada. Love those guys. Is it uh, Lumen 5 or is it Lumen, L-U-M-I-N 5? L-U-M-E-N and yeah. then the numeral five, I can give you that. So I'm not an affiliate with them, but I, I sort of chat to the guys there because that's transformative because if you're trying to create video, which is what you need to do, what's also cool about that is when you output the video, you can resize it automatically. So I create for my clients now a press release. I then make a short 30 second or one minute explainer video because that video can go on to Pinterest, it can go onto YouTube, but also then they can use that in LinkedIn. And the engagement rates are so much higher than if you just post a piece of text, right? It's called yeah. the picture superiority yeah. effect. So you use that. I mean, I think the um, the other obvious one, I guess, is um, is probably Canva, which you know. Yeah. yeah. And there's an there's another one um, um, like that. Which the name escapes me, but I think that um, if you are struggling with content, um, there is another nice one I will mention because you know Canva already. There's another nice one called AI Writer. That's a copy to AI. Yes, similar. Okay, uh, run by a young German guy. Different to the other two. The other two are doing some more sophisticated sort of editing and da da. But AI-Writer.com. You can put in some sentences, and what what's, this is beautiful, Steve. Is it will create an um, an article for you, eight hundred words, for example. But what's really great about this software is it it actually um, cites all the sources. Mm. So what those other ones do is they they'll write you an article that you may or may not like, but this one writes an article, but it but it gives you links to the web pages where it pulled the facts and figures. Now that... I like that because, you know, I've, being a trained medic, I spent years on how to yeah. research and, and uh, report. Exactly. And, and because you don't want to get done for plagiarism. So AI Writer, not a big company. It's one guy. AI Writer, but, you say? And I'll, I'll um, give it a bit. Um, a young guy in Germany. His is still, for me, penny for penny, the best text. Because a lot of these AI writers give you really bad sentence construction and you think, well, I'm not going to send out. Yeah. But so if you've got people from a workflow perspective, Steve, are going, well, how can I create the content? You can, for example, put in something in AI writer, a few sentences, it gives you an article. You take the article, put that on your website, or you put the bare bones of that into Lumen 5. Yeah. Okay. Makes you a video, download the video, put it into your Descript. Okay. You could then get your transcript, but then you repurpose that as a hero platform to amplify that to your YouTube and so on. With those tools, AI Writer is only like $50. Lumen 5 can be about $80 a month if you want a fully featured <clears throat> $150 a month, Steve. You can go. Multi-format. I haven't talked about infographics at all, but yeah, that would be a nice suite for people 
Can to, I add one in there? <clears throat> Sorry? Can I add one in there? Which yeah, you, please do. You might well use anyway, but Grammarly Pro. Yes. So if you're getting, if you're getting say, a writer to generate stuff, and then you want it to just make sure it Absolutely. sounds natural, and I run everything through Grammarly Pro. So yeah, I, that or? Yeah, Grammarly and Grammarly. There's the there's the free one on your yeah. browser. Uh, absolutely. So if you get into the refinement, you yeah. know, and then you can go in. There's there's so a, a website sentences for you and take out any repeating words. It sort of like makes it just and you can you can set the age. So you should obviously when you're doing uh, well, I've been told anyway. Say obviously, but <laughs> you, you should set the age to like. Was it seven to nine-year-olds for a typical marketing content? Yes, it's pretty alarming, actually, um, how they do by sort of U.S. levels. So you're right. I mean, there are over 8,000 MarTech tools. And um, <clears throat> actually, I created a, a short directory called the Technology Applications Directory with 100, which I, I need to update, but I can share with you. Throughout the entire content creation, amplification, measurement process, there are tools, absolutely big and small. And I think the emphasis is on ensuring that it doesn't become so burdensome that people avoid doing it, right? The reason I like Lumen5 is because for someone like my sister, who like you, she's brilliant at what she does, but she's like, well, how do I tell anybody? It's a very quick win. It's a very quick win and a very low cost one. You know, put your logo in, let it create the content, download it and share it on your Facebook. And within five minutes, it, so I like those easy to win solutions, Steve. And the bigger ones like Descriptor, you know, more fully featured. But uh, so it's a very, very exciting. A guy called um, Scott Bringer, who writes the book on MarTech, who came on my show, uh, calls it the second golden age of marketing technology, because the first was all these content platforms. And the second is the AI enabled platforms. So it's quite scary, actually, just thinking ahead about, you know, how much content is actually going to be genuinely written by a human in the future when you think about it. So, and I think that, yeah. I think that's going to be the danger is that I tried one platform and I won't mention the name, but some of the content was just really junk. <clears throat> And I think that what we have to be careful of is that we lose our own voice. Yeah. And so the Grammarly is great. The danger is then, actually, I like to write in a slightly idiosyncratic way. And if it's telling me that I need to write it in this way, it's actually what it's doing is telling me, can of lots of people write that way? Yeah, yeah. I and think maybe, I mean, you're probably two ends of the spectrum. You're probably, I would imagine, quite a good writer. Whereas I... I struggle and... Um, often end up repeating myself and often end up I'm dyslexic as well. So my spelling can be terrible. And so things like Grammarly for me are just an absolute. Oh, for sure. <laughs> and I think if there's a, I totally get your point. But I think Steve, if there's a, if there's a key message and like, I really appreciate you giving me the opportunity to share, you know, what I, what I want to do, because, you know, my mission is to be the champion of the unnoticed, right? There are so many business owners like you and like my sister that have got value equity on, you know, locked up in their businesses just for being mute. And there's no need. And, you know, there are some very easy to use and low cost tools to help people to gain their confidence. And I think what I'd say to people and to you is, you know, like when you go to the gym, you don't 
work out to be uh, for a marathon straight away. You know, you run to the end of the street, then that seems a bit too short. And then, you know, build up over time. Yeah. Have a low frequency, but make it consistent once a month and then twice a month and then then three and then four. And then it's once a week, right? And you get to a certain optimal level and then you don't have to worry about it anymore. But, but just to encourage people to share what they're doing and to take pictures and to share pictures because often people underrepresent themselves when actually they could take a picture and a, and a message can be very, very simple. So keep it simple. And no one's there to judge you, Steve, for how you write. They're interested in the impact you're going to make on them. Yeah. Very, very wise words and greatly appreciated. So, well, thanks for listening. To one thanks very listening. last question, Jim, but then we must draw it to a close. No, I'm going to ask you two questions. <laughs> First one is, uh, the title of this podcast is Systemize Your Success. What does success mean to you? Well, success for me is that I can spend the time with the people that I care for when, when they need me, really. I love that in 25 years of being my own boss, I've been able to take my kids to school every day. And then I've been the homeroom parent and I've taken my girls rock climbing and paddle boarding. I love that I can have control over my time. So success for me is personal time control. Couldn't agree with you more. And lastly, do you believe you can systemize your success? That's a good question. I'm pausing because I think parts of success can be systemized, but I think for success to be continuous, there needs to be continuous innovation. And so I think a bit like those pontoon bridges that they build with the army, they go a little bit across the river, they put the pontoon down when they know it's deep enough, and then they move to the next part of the river, do the surveying, then they build the next bit. So I think we can systemize the parts of our business that are working already, but to always be looking forward for what parts of the business need to grow into the next opportunity, identify that, see the common path, and then bring in the systemization of it. Is that okay? Brilliant answer. Brilliant answer. A lot of people say to me, just to really to drill that one home, is they often say to me, so how, how long does it take to systemize your business? And it's like the answer is, well, how long do you want your business to grow for? <laughs> yeah. Because and, you're, you can only systemize what you do. You can't systemize something you don't know. So, yeah. Yeah, and I, you see, years ago, back in 1998, I built a platform online for my PR business. I think I showed you the schematic, right? And I basically... I built the whole thing. So I built online documents, online press release distribution, online collaboration, all with Wikipedia and ASQL and stuff like that, SQL. Um, and, it went, and I went to China and I was able to then run the business from bad timesheets in there, everything, right? Um, but like any great building, it decayed over time. You know, it got, it got overtaken by you know, events, uh, SQL was no longer the best thing. And then Salesforce came out and, you know, so I think we can systemize, systematize, but, but you can never systematize and leave, you know, because it, it, the very nature of business is it's always moving, uh, which is why of course it's so exciting because it's never finished. Yeah, I agree again. 
Fabulous. Jim, this has been a pleasure. Um, well, and thank you for entertaining my uh, wild thoughts. I hope it's useful. What, what would be your takeaways? Because I always like to find out in all my yeah. sort of ramblings what, what people have actually taken away. Because if it's not what I hoped, then, then I need to do some work. So um, my big takeaways, I guess, for, from a personal level are I need to share the success stories of my clients more freely. And actually that should be a large component of my publishing mm -hmm. um, that I should go make sure that I'm being consistent regardless of the, of the cadence of that, but make sure whatever I decide a bit like my podcast now goes up once a week. I've, I've committed to that and that's what yeah. I do. I should have the same um, diligence with every piece of content or every type of content that I do. Yeah. And um and probably those two things if I just did those two things and stay innovative. So say to so keep make sure that I, you know, I love writing content and putting thought into it. And I think that one of the things that I've probably been guilty of is trying to keep up with the Joneses on volume. And yes. actually, when I think about the content that I create that gets engagement and gets the not only just the likes, but the comments or the replies from my email saying, Steve, this is a brilliant, you know, email. Thanks for sending it. That doesn't come from the Hey, check out this new thing I've done. Blah blah blah. It comes from well thought, structured, and and it may take a few hours to create something. Yeah. But I think going back to actually doing that, say once a month, than trying to get something out every three days, is probably a more more me. And I could I can still do the, the the other stuff, but make sure I'm keeping consistent with that at least. Good, yeah, and I think that's the point about there's no right or wrong, right? It's what what's right for you, <clears throat> and. Um... You know, you're plainly a bright guy, and you can see in that idea. I don't know that quadrant works for you. That idea of I'm, I'm a visual learner, so I can see yeah. it straight away. <laughs> yeah, but this idea, and I, I created this score app, you know, uh, which I'm trying now, where um, people can take the test, and it puts them in these boxes. Um, not give us not a, with give it. us a link, Jim, or whack it in their show notes. Yeah, I will do. And the idea of way, so yeah, and I guess what I'm hoping as well is that. I'm hoping the takeaway is essentially a positive one that, you know, as I put in the, I put in the book, you know, getting noticed is not a function of scale and budget, right? It's about doing interesting things like Captain Tom is an old man in his nineties walking around his garden, but goes viral, right? It's not about, you know, whereas you haven't heard of IBM for a long time. So it's, it is about creating something that's engaging and compelling that other people feel resonates for them right yeah and anyone can do that that's why you're in business if you weren't you wouldn't have any clients yeah yeah oh brilliant so much great i'll be listening to this podcast episode oh, well thanks i'm glad that's of use i'm glad that's yeah, a, yeah. of no, use i'm i'm doubtless no doubtless that's the wrong word i have no doubt <laughs> that <laughs> well, doubtless is great yeah 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 i've no doubt that this is going to be of much use to, to everyone who listens to it so again thank you very much indeed and just one last time if people want to find you we will put everything in the show notes but what's the best place for people to come and find out more about what you do and how you can help jim yeah i think if they come to me on linkedin i'm just jim james champion of the unnoticed east West public relations is the company name perfect Thank you very much indeed. This has been absolutely and, and let's do a quick screenshot because then I always post these out on LinkedIn. And I post these on my on my social. Oh, hang on. That we've done the call, you see. So give us a thumbs up. <laughs> Great. So then uh, that's another see cheap and cheerful. Yeah, yeah. 
but a, but a little bit of content to post that saying we had a conversation. Yeah, yeah. No, great. So, and that, if you're watching this on YouTube, that thing on the top right corner of Jim's screen, go on, flick it up right while it's on, Jim. Sorry for anyone on the podcast who's not going to see this, but he's got this great diagram, uh, the Amplify oh. uh, diagram. What would you want before we came online? Can you just start, do that on full screen? Oh, it's, it's done, it's shared like that. I see. Oh, there you go, there you go. Well, no, what I'll do is I do a share. Oh. We're going to share again. It's very, this is all very professional, you know, nice and slick. There you go, how's that? There we go, fabulous. So, um, yeah, anyone, anyone if, we, if you're listening to this on the podcast, this will be in the show notes as well. I checked with Jim before, he said he could share this. Yeah, absolutely. Great diagram showing how you basically take your podcast, whack it through some of the apps we talked about before, and, um, and get it out to multiple uh, different channels. It's just basically an overview of the repurposing framework, really. Uh, yeah, and, and, very useful visual tool. And I've got that as a template I can share. And, you know, obviously that's in the end brought the book. So it doesn't have to be a podcast. You could be writing articles. It, it, the point is that you repurpose your content. Yeah, so whatever your primary channel is, and then get it out there. So, yeah. Yeah. Love it. Dr. Steve Day, thank you so much for spending your day with me. Thank you so much. <laughs> Thank you so much for joining me and listening to this episode. I'm well aware there are hundreds of great business podcasts out there and you chose to listen to this one. And for that, I am truly grateful. Hopefully what you heard today took you one step closer to building a successful business so you can share your passion with the world and serve an ever-growing number of people. If you got value out of today's episode, then so will someone else that you know. By sharing with others what has helped you along your way, you will grow your influence and be the guy or girl that everybody wants to know. So please hit the share button right now and also remember to subscribe to this podcast so you don't miss future episodes. It's impossible for me to cover absolutely everything in these podcasts. So please do head over to systemizeyoursuccess.com right now and download the show notes, transcriptions and some of my best frameworks and systems for free. Thanks again for tuning in and being a part of this amazing community. Until next time, this is Dr. Steve Day and you've been listening to Systemize Your Success.